0: Everyone is howling about Paws of Fury. It's the most fun comedy, comedy of the summer. Hank, I am your father. What? No, I'm not. <laughs> and Samuel L. Jackson is hilarious. What the motherfucking cock of Spaniel's going on here? Paws of Fury. All new theaters this Friday. Rated PG.
1: The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show.
2: And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. Coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And we're coming to you around the world tonight on the Exxon Broadcast Network, Talkstar Radio Network, Mutual Broadcast Network, Simul Radio, Simul TV, and iHeart Radio. If you'd like to send me an email, it's very simple, exxon at TV.com on all social media Uh, networks exxon radio tv and uh, to find out about the programming we have available for you 24 7 365 go to www.xzbn.net and to watch us on the exxon tv channel visit our good friends at simultv.com my guest this hour is a gentleman i've had the pleasure of having on the show a number of years his name is preston dennett We're going to be talking to Preston about his new book, Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. For over 100 years, strange activity has been occurring off the Southern California Coast ExoNation. Mile for mile, this is one of the top producers of USOs, unidentified submersible objects, in the entire world. Drawing on first-hand testimonies from Navy, Air Force, Coast Guard, police officers, lifeguards, residents, and many others, our guest this hour, the one and only Preston Dennett, presents a compelling case for the possible lights, anomalous glowing clouds, objects flying in and out of the water, mass UFO sightings, humanoid encounters, and they're all here. More than 10 years of research presented here for the very first time. The truth about this area can no longer be denied. Something very strange is lurking in these waters. And we're going to be talking to Preston this hour about that. And Preston, my good friend, welcome back to the x Congratulations on yet another book.
3: Hey, thanks, Rob. I really appreciate that. And Yeah, thanks for having me on the show.
2: My goodness. So let me just go through a, a small list of books. Uh, let me see. Starting, going back to 1996, UFO healings. Uh, then there was 1 in 40, The UFO Epidemic. Then there was UFOs over Topanga Canyon, then extraterrestrial visitations, then California ghosts, then out-of-body exploring, then, whoa, UFOs over California, supernatural California, human levitation, aliens and UFOs, UFOs over New York, Bigfoot, Yeti, and other ape men, Uh, ghosts of greater Los Angeles, UFOs over New Mexico, UFOs over Nevada, not here, not from here. Volume one. Not here from volume two. U.F.O.s over Arizona, inside U.F.O.s, U.F.O.s over Colorado, and now, undersea U.F.O. base. My goodness, you're busy.
3: <laughs> I am. I love this stuff. I'm very passionate about it.
2: So, can we say that you're addicted to it?
3: <laughs> That's definitely a fair statement. Absolutely, yeah.
2: So, so Preston, when did you first uh, discover these? these, uh, anomalies that are seen beneath and above the waters of the, um, you know, of the California coastline. And, and tell us about it. This is exciting news, my friend.
3: Right. I mean, actually, you know, I began investigating around 1986, yep. uh, kind of more strongly in 1988. This is after a televised sighting on the news and, uh, was collecting reports, uh, at an increasing pace, mm-hmm. and started to get a, a bunch of these right from the beginning of what I would call USOs, and uh, yeah, I'm like, wow, okay, there seems to be a lot in this area, and eventually, you know, I wrote UFOs over California yep. and included a chapter in there about USOs, and I thought, okay, I'm pretty much done with investigating USOs, but no, turned out that was just the beginning, uh, the book, uh, to publicize the book, I wrote an article for Fate Magazine, mm-hmm. I picked that chapter to sort of, you know, talk about the book because I've gotten a few more reports of these objects coming in and out of the water here or or just floating there or what have you or not coming out at all, just, you know, swimming around in there underwater. And I wrote an article for Fate magazine because by this point I collected a number of uh, what I would call data points pointing towards why I think there's a base there, an undersea base. so i wrote this article is there an undersea base off the southern california coast and boy that article went viral it did really well it was translated into different languages it got into the mainstream news Uh, i started getting asked to speak about it i eventually got pulled onto a deep sea ufos on the history channel right so this brought in a bunch of reports and you know kind of dragged into this a little bit kicking and screaming but i finally like okay I guess I'm going to be the go-to guy for this underwater UFO reports here how th- off the Southern California coast.
2: How far back do these reports go?
3: Oh, long ways. Um, you know, it's, it depends on how legitimate you're looking for, mm-hmm. but certainly we got reports stretching back to the 1920s is the earliest solid reports I could get. Uh, I mean, there's the airship wave of California, so there's a few there, but... Back in 1920, there was an author, a researcher, mm-hmm. by the name of Wishar Survey. And he wrote a book about California mysteries and had a little section there about these objects, what, it, what they called skyships, that were seen off the coast here, uh, all along the California coast. And they would land on the water and then take off into the sky. They clearly weren't ours. Airplanes had you know, just been invented. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, those were the earliest reports, but really. 1947, coinciding exactly with Roswell and Kenneth Arnold and the modern age of UFOs, this is when it began.
2: So is is there, in your opinion, after investigating this and uh, having a very successful book, and once again I'm going to give it a plug here, Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina channel. Is, Is there a connection between USOs and UFOs?
3: Absolutely. And Pretty much, I mean, they are the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, UFOs are USOs once they go under the water. But you can't really call something that's swimming around underwater an unidentified flying object. No, that's true, yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, the the USO moniker um, became pretty popular a while back. There's not a lot of research out there about this. Uh, you know, there's a few researchers who've touched on it. Ivan T. Sanderson, mm-hmm. certainly. Charles Fort, the pioneer. Yes, he did have a few accounts, but you know, beyond that, there's only Carl Feint, who well, runs the UFO Water website.
2: So, why are there so few USO researchers compared to the millions of UFO researchers? Wouldn't it be easier to investigate a USO than to investigate a UFO? I'm,
3: I'm not sure that that's true. I mean, because you know, going underwater is certainly not easy. It's a lot easier. Sure it's a lot
2: easier <laughs> than going into space.
3: <laughs> right, and we can't fly that easily either. Exactly. Um, I mean, There are definitely some uh, advantages to researching this as opposed to UFOs. Right. And, and I'm not sure why it's, this subject has been you know, kind of pushed to the side or ignored for as long as it has.
2: Could it be that it's not as romantic as UFOs from outer space?
3: Um, that could be it. Nice. I, mean, I think it's fascinating. I'm, I'm finding that there is a lot of interest. I mean, when... Deep Sea UFOs came on right. the History Channel. That was their highest-rated show
2: ever. Because, you, you know, know I, I guess it's because people can relate to it a lot easier than they can something coming from the sky.
3: And there's sort of, you know, a creepy Jaws-like yeah. sort of mood that, to it. I mean, these things are lurking around underwater, and we can't see them. Something in the sky, we can see. How many UFOs are there? I mean, what's going on in our water that, we're not, that we don't know about? So, and, the, you know, although our planet does have a lot of water, yes. 70%, Yep, percent uh, it's not easy to get to, you know, most researchers are probably not along the coast, mm-hmm. so I think that's another reason it's been ignored, but then again, these things are in lakes, I've gotten accounts from all over the world, by the way, not just this area, people have written me from like a lake in Hot Springs, Arkansas, a little tiny lake, a like, guy had an amazing experience there, another one in a lake in Florida, an amazing submarine encounter off the East Coast, one off in the Bahamas, another you know, farther away, so all over the world.
2: It's truly interesting. Uh, listen, you and I have to take our first commercial break uh, in about a minute, so I don't want to get started on another topic. Where is your book available right now, my friend?
3: Uh, Bookstores near you, if you can find one. Otherwise, it's going to have to be on one of these online retailers, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and uh, what have you. Also, you can go to my website. Just Google my name. It'll take you there. There are, of course, excerpts, and you can contact me through my website and purchase the book through that.
2: All right, ExoNation. You can also go to the website www.prestondennett.weebly.com. That's P-R-E-S-T-O-N-D-E-N-N-E-T-T. Weebly.com uh, Like I said, we've had the pleasure of having Preston on the show many times. We we consider him to be a good friend of the Exone. Love reading his books, and we'll both be back on the other side of this break to further discuss this amazing story that I don't know why more researchers aren't getting into. Undersea UFO base: an in-depth investigation of U.S.O.s in the Santa Catalina Channel. My name is Rob McConnell. This is the Exone. And Preston and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
1: We live in rapidly shifting times of extreme volatility and uncertainty. Such profound change brings a unique opportunity for the evolution of consciousness. I'm Gwilda Wiecka, host of Mission Evolution Radio Show, a program that explores the latest scientific developments and deepening spiritual truths supporting human evolution. Join me on XZBN.net where I interview leading experts in science, physics, medicine, spirituality, and more.
2: Welcome back, everyone. Preston Dennett is my special guest Uh, this hour. We're talking about Preston's new book, Under UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina channel. And his website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com. What are some of the most famous cases that you've written about in your book uh, about these USOs?
3: Oh, yeah. Well, there are a number that are pretty well-known. Probably one of the more famous is 1956, Redondo Beach. Mm-hmm. A bunch of people on the beach. see This was, you know, at night. A bunch of people see this round object, like a disc, orange disc, maybe 20 feet across. Mm-hmm. comes gliding out of the sky and lands on the water. Sinks down underneath. All the water's bubbling, and they can still see this thing glowing there. Right. A huge crowd forms. You know, By this point, you know, there's lifeguards. There's two... Police officers from two neighboring communities, a night watchman, and a load of residents all watching this thing. Finally, some of the lifeguards send out a little rowboat and hover right over this thing. They can see it down under the water. It's big, much bigger than their little boat there, 20 feet across, just like the witnesses said, and glowing. And finally, this thing just goes away, and they can't find it anymore. The next morning, there's still people there waiting to see what's going on because the Navy shows up. And they bring divers with Geiger counters to search for this thing. Didn't find anything, and that seemed to be the end of it, except a couple of days later the Coast Guard comes out and says, ah, we know the answer. We think it's a light buoy. Uh-huh.
1: They held
3: up this, <laughs> yeah, a buoy with a light on it. Okay. They, they held up this little thing about two feet across and said, here's what it was. And it's got this little light on it, see? And which made no sense yeah, at well. all. And this thing was Came down out of the sky for one thing, was 20 feet across. I mean, it's ludicrous.
2: Yeah. What else is new when it comes to the disclosure of the information, right, Preston?
3: (laughs) Exactly. And that's kind of a pattern we've seen in this area. But yeah, a lot of famous cases. Uh, Another famous one occurred right when it all began, 1947, up in the San Francisco Bay Area. A bunch of freighter ships are having trouble navigating because there's this disappearing reef this undersea mountain, which keeps moving and disappearing and causing havoc with navigation. So the Navy's called, and they send up a survey ship, Uh and actually track track this thing. They they find it, they track it down, they don't know what it is, track it all the way down the coast, right out to sea, a couple of hundred miles, and they they track it again. It's huge, whatever it is. It's right below them, they can't see it, and disappears. Uh, But I don't know, it's a great case. It's well verified. It was early on, and this is when it all began. Wow. Following that, pretty much every year, there's a really good, high-quality case.
2: Did you do anything on the Shag Harbor event here in Canada?
3: Uh, not personally. I'm certainly well aware of it, yeah. and it's my favorite USO encounter of all. I mean, it's got documentation, multiple witnesses, right? government admittance, of
2: something going on. You've got the military, you've got the Royal Canadian Mounted Police, you have, like, civilians, and the story's all matched.
3: Right, right. And that's what I found out in this area.
2: Mm
3: -hmm. Um, A lot of the witnesses are military. I personally talked to a Coast Guard captain, a submarine navigator, another electrician's mate on a submarine, uh, another Navy officer. Right. So a lot of, you know, pretty high-level guys seeing this stuff, they can't identify it. This is one of the reasons why I know it's not military. I have five or you know, eight reasons why I'm pretty sure what we're seeing here is not military, uh, which concerned me because there's military definitely in this area, and I have to rule that out.
2: But yeah, there is a lot of military in that area, isn't there?
3: There is. There's Point Magoo Naval Base it's at the north end. Mm-hmm. There's San Clemente Island, which is just beyond Santa Catalina. Now, all this activity is right in this sort of... Santa Catalina, San Pedro Channel. You also, right off the coast.
2: you also have the Seal Beach Naval Weapons Station over there.
3: Exactly. Yeah. These are heavy-duty um, military. Uh, but I know it's not military stuff for a number of reasons. First of all, a lot of the, these encounters that people are seeing right. are right over very heavily populated areas, you know, crowded population centers.
2: Mm-hmm. It,
3: this is not how the military t- tests 3rd advanced aircraft. No, they don't take cars down the road. Now, they don't wake people up in the middle of the night by hovering over their house and lighting up the entire interior. It's just not what they do. Uh, Beyond that, I mean, maybe 10% of these cases, possibly even 20, these objects are being pursued by military aircraft. Again, clearly not ours. It's well beyond our ability. These these things have been darting around since, you know, the 40s, well before our military had advanced aircraft.
2: Well, isn't there a case that was the uh, case of a USO that was filmed by a Homeland Security aircraft in Puerto Rico?
3: Um, Oh, there's definitely been a number of cases. There's a lot of photographic cases here. Um, There was a real recent case down in the San Diego area, Mm -hmm. which the Navy got involved. Uh, So, yeah, there's a lot of photographic evidence. I'm not um, knowledgeable about that one in Puerto Rico. i concentrated most of my research here. I can tell you, it's not military. Almost certainly.
2: Have you been Have you been in touch with Stephen Bassett from the Paradigm Research Group and his disclosure project?
3: Uh, yeah, I mean, peripherally, I, yeah. I've been in the same room a couple of times with him, and we've talked. But uh, not a, I don't have regular communications with him. I certainly support his disclosure movement.
2: Sure, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, it's inevitable. So, how do we explain this base? How big is it? Um, how can something like this, that has been so well documented, the Navy's investigated, Coast Guard? You've got all these reports. It does anybody continue investigating this phenomenon? And if so, why right. not?
3: Well, I have to believe the Navy knows about it, right? Uh, and if, certainly, I mean, it's very well known in the area. Yeah. And uh, the first data point pointing why I think there's a base there is just a huge number of reports. Mm-hmm. This area just produces way more than just about anywhere else on our planet, Right, stretching back for a long time and continuing to the present day. That's my first data point. But the, like, how big is this thing? Okay. I'm thinking it's pretty big because I have another data point that is just making me scratch my head every time I think about it. And that is, there is a smattering of cases, not mm-hmm. a lot, about four Which involve not one or two objects, not ten or twenty. I'm talking fifty to maybe one hundred or two hundred,
2: all at one time.
3: All at one time, coming, mind you, coming from below, not from above. So I mean, there, you know, cases involving two hundred objects are not unheard of. Yeah, the Farmington UFO wave Mm -hmm. and a few others, but you know, not a lot. Go ahead and survey scour the literature, you're not going to find a lot of massive, massive sightings like this. And so how, how and why is there so many in this one area?
2: Well, let, let me ask you this, hypothetically. Could it be a naval base where they're testing weapons?
3: Um, it's possible, but the Navy, you know, the Navy guys I've talked to know nothing about it. Hmm. Um, you know, it certainly is possible. Would yeah. they be doing it in full view of people? Because some of these sightings are what I would call a display sighting. A lot of sightings are, these UFOs are evasive, they're darting around, they don't want to be seen. But in a number of these cases, they're clearly putting on a publicity stunt of some kind. Yeah. Uh, Cause,
2: I, w- I, mean, I, was just, I was just going to ask you, Preston, if they, if they want to be so secretive, why are they being so blatantly pl- public?
3: It's enigmatic behavior, yeah. for sure. And one second they're hiding, the next second they're in your face, literally. So I think there's a campaign on their part to sort of get their presence known and push towards open official
2: contact. Now, correct I me if I'm wrong, Preston, but the area that you're talking about is in between Los Angeles and San Francisco.
3: Um, correct. Okay. Probably not all the way up to there. I would say probably the Channel Islands, Santa Barbara, okay. stretching down past well, Los Angeles, actually. I'm going to say all the way to you know San Clemente. Sure.
2: Okay, so would Long Beach is there any any radar reports from LAX to correlate with the sightings of these USOs?
3: Uh, not from LAX,
2: no? at okay. least not that
3: I've been able to get you know obtain. Sure, certainly there's been a number of sightings over LAX, and it's caused quite a furor because this airport is right there on the water. and it's yeah, exactly. a number of UFO sightings, but from other air, uh, ships in this area, yeah, people have had a all kinds of readings. Um, In a number of cases, these boats, it's really interesting. About 10 cases I've got, five or 10, boats are targeted. They are in the water, see one of these things ahead of them, and it comes straight for their boat, right under it, and the electronics go crazy. The compasses start spinning. Mm -hmm. Uh, Their depth sounder doesn't work. Right. Uh, So there's that kind of reading, but there are a couple of, uh, there was one case at least I can bring to mind where they did catch these things on radar. But sometimes, no. I mean, the case I have off the coast of the great case, off the east coast, 1971, USS Klamagor. You know, is a well-known submarine, carried nuclear missiles. The guy I interviewed, Ray Sachs, was an electrician's mate. was actually on watch when, with another petty officer, the captain and the second in command, when one of these USOs comes zooming up from the stern at about 80 knots, real fast, paces their submarine for the next 15 minutes. The captain turns to Ray Saxon and says, what do the sonar guys see? Um, they saw nothing. There was no reading at all on the sonar of this object that was right next to the submarine, pacing it, big object, 50 feet across, real bright. And one by one, all the leading officers came up and took a look at it and went, "Huh, don't know what it is, and went back below, and this thing just zoomed off. The second-in-command turns to the captain and says, Captain, how do you want me to put this in the log? Right. The captain says, people who put this sort of thing in the log don't move up in rank. Ooh. So it, it wasn't recorded. It wasn't seen on sonar. Right. Uh, Ray, you know, the guy I interviewed, said they didn't tell me to. I couldn't talk about it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a great interview. I confirmed he was actually a Navy guy on the USS Kalamagor.
2: Great case. All right. Stand by, my good friend. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Explanation: Our guest is the one and only Preston Dennett. We're talking about Preston's new book entitled Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. We'll be back after the news. Don't go away. Broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. You're watching the X Zone Broadcast Network.
0: www.xzbn.net. You have heard of the X Zone? Now watch it on Simo TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand.
2: You know, during the uh, commercial break with the news, I stepped out of the studio and got a glass of water and uh, a number of people in the hall were saying, Rob, you're enthusiastic about this. You know, you're, you're, not, you're not the naysayer that you are with other people who come on talking about UFOs. It's very simple, ExoNation. It makes sense. When something makes sense and it comes from a a source that I've known like Preston over the years, I listen. This guy does his homework. He does his research. He knows what he's talking about. And the best part is is he's right there. He's been to a lot of these places, he was telling me. The name of the book is Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. His website is www.prestondennett.com. Dot weeblycom he also has a Facebook page and it's facebook.com forward slash Preston dot Dennett this is very interesting Preston um, and I can understand why you're so enthused about this this book and and these sightings but but I must admit my friend I'm totally baffled why the UFO community isn't clamoring all over this because it's it's it would be easier to prove the existence of USOs, which which that 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 you and i believe is a connection to ufo so man keep plugging preston keep plugging
3: hey you know i will i'm oh. not giving up a boy. I want boy like, see the roswell craft in a museum i want to see the bodies
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it reminds me of the old wendy's commercial where's the beef
3: <laughs> yeah i mean I'm, I'm serious this is yeah I know it's an interesting subject, and it's a little, you know, people kind of laugh nervously, but it's truly important to our society in a
2: number of different ways. I agree 100%. And you know me well enough, uh, Preston, over the years. If I don't believe something, I'm not afraid to say I don't believe it. But this makes total sense. This makes total sense. Um, Because, like you said, throughout history, uh, there have been sightings. The Coast Guard, the Navy police officers, Shag Harbor up here. I've had the pleasure of having the people on who did the investigation onto that. And you can't dispute facts.
3: Right. And when we start talking to people who are in the military, yeah. or, you know, start to like, hmm, wow, I mean, this is a great witness. Not that, you know, a resident or a fisherman or what have you. Um, I've talked to all kinds of sure. people. Um,
2: but these guys but yeah, are... Pro- you, hold of- you know, in the in the police force, we used to call them professional witnesses.
3: Yeah, they're trained observers. Exactly. They've seen a lot of aircraft. Mm -hmm. Uh, Absolutely. It's always a pleasure to talk to these guys. They give a lucid interview and don't jump to interpretations or conclusions. Just tell you what they saw.
2: Now, if Jimmy uh, Carter would tell me that he saw this, I'd say, hmm. But I don't know. Listen, you've been doing this for a long time. Your first book was published, I believe, in 1996. Based on the research, the writings that you've done, what do you think is going on, Preston? Uh,
3: Well, I'm a big believer that what we're dealing with is extraterrestrial in the classic sense. You know, flesh and blood bodies, Mm -hmm. driving ships, you know, leaving landing traces. Uh, I do think the abduction phenomena is real. Okay. The evidence is overwhelming to support that uh, you know the alien agenda is definitely what we're dealing with an open question we don't know these guys are not officially landing and showing themselves in a way that can be officially verified permanently
2: is it possible okay. is it possible that their existence is known not by the masses but by those in control of the governments?
3: That's what the evidence is actually showing us, that there is an active cover-up. A cover-up is not, you know, is this a theory? Mm -hmm. No, it's demonstrable. You can actually prove the cover-up pretty darn easily just through, you know, documents that have been redacted and various FOIA lawsuits and things like this. Uh, And it continues. Mm -hmm. I mean, it hasn't stopped, by the way. This cover-up is still active. But there does appear to be a very strong movement towards disclosure. And will we ever be fully disclosed? I don't think so. Not ever. Uh, It would have to be a completely different society. But I think eventually we are going to see, you know, the Roswell craft in a museum. It's not, you know, maybe not that one, but there is a campaign moving towards disclosure. And it's not going to go backwards. UFOs are not going to go away. Um, Open official contact will happen Is in our lifetime. I don't know. Uh, But. I'm a big believer that that's, I mean, that's what the trend is, and it hasn't reversed ever, since 1947 at least.
2: You know, with the President of the United States now being uh, Donald J. Trump, has any movement from within the UFO community tried to approach the President to get him, because he, his, his, his entire platform was based on honesty, right?
3: Right, and I'm interested to see, you know, here, here we've got a real maverick. Yeah. You know, Shaking things up for sure and uh, announced the Space Force we did have some interesting movement in disclosure with the P- Pentagon released now we're in a real traffic jam not a word from the, any official capacity yeah. so any movement in my mind is good even though it's a little drip and you know, yes the, the bodies are right behind you and the ships and all that mm-hmm. and we're getting this kind of blurry little film but still I appreciate that <laughs> I want more And no, as far as I know, no one's really approached Trump. I do know it was brought up at a White House press meeting, uh, this Pentagon disclosure. I watched it. It was really funny because the second the reporter mentions the word UFO, there's a ripple of nervous laughter sweeping across the room and back again. And uh, that's got to stop. Until that stops, the subject is not being taken seriously. And she sidestepped Sarah
2: Sanders. Oh, Sanders, Sanders, yeah.
3: sidestepped, Sidestepped the question. And said she'd get back. That's all she... That's, not.
2: that's what she says to everything. You know? She should play... That's she should job. be a hockey player. She should be a hockey player <laughs> because she does so much skating. You now, she skates pretty well. Hey, it's a tough job. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Do you... Once again, based on the research that you've done for your many books pertaining to UFOs and uh, and you mentioned alien abductions, do you, do you think... Or do you believe in your heart of hearts, Preston, that these visitors pose a threat to humanity?
3: Uh, no. I don't, I'm not afraid of UFOs and extraterrestrials mm-hmm. uh, for a number of reasons. Not to say that there aren't bad ones out there. Well, it's, it's good and bad everywhere, be. right? Right. I mean, there's a bell curve of human behavior. ET behavior falls under that same bell curve, but it's skewed slightly more towards the positive. Right. I'd say slightly cause not a lot. I mean, they are abducting people mm-hmm. against their will, yep. uh, consciously at least, scaring the wits out of them, but they're not doing what I would call sadistic behavior. Uh, they, they don't enjoy hurting people. There's no evidence of that. Uh, there's a lot of missing people. That concerns me. You know, so I, am, I do have some concerns. A lot of people come away from these abduction experiences yeah. not better off. You know, they have medical problems and they're traumatized. I
2: would but imagine there's so.
3: another large segment. They come away spiritually transformed. Many of them have been healed. It's yeah. not uncommon. Well,
2: you um, know, you're, you're talking about the trauma that these people go through. God, I see kids have, temp, you know, have fits when they're first introduced to Santa Claus. Right. You know?
3: Boy, you should hear these witnesses talk. I've talked to kids, you know, and a lot of witnesses, they experience this stuff when they're kids. Yeah. And they have really terrifying encounters as kids
2: i've often wondered if yeah oh clowns yeah
3: (laughs) or what have you i mean i've heard everything teddy bears superheroes my god uh, you name it and it doesn't help you know that doesn't reduce the fear factor
2: how much influence do you think media and hollywood have on the perception that people have of et's
3: um, I think there's a huge perception, and part of the reason that people, you know, there's a big fear of UFOs yeah. and skepticism is how the media treats it. There's a ridicule factor and a fear factor that they've exploited. Uh, ridicule is kind of the fault of the government who instituted, a, you know, a policy of ridicule, mm-hmm. knowing full well this is a, a real phenomena. But the fear factor, fear sells. Someone who's healed of a UFO, yep. someone who has a friendly encounter, doesn't run to a therapist, you know, doesn't tell a lot of people because it's even harder to believe in some ways than say a fearful encounter so you know the numbers of positive encounters are not publicized as well as the number of fearful encounters
2: is that the truth so
3: that's definitely skewed there but when someone's taken on board a ufo i Mm -hmm. mean we've got a good handle on their agenda we really do i've talked to so many people and it doesn't change a whole lot no way always the physical examination. That's pretty much standard, particularly with grays. So whatever's going on, these guys are all about us. They love everything human. They've collected every plant on our planet. you know, Well, not every, but you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Animals. Uh, and are just obsessed with examining humans continually. Uh, they're taking genetic material. I think that's definitely one of our agendas, their agendas. I got devil's cases early on, back right. in the 1980s before, but Hopkins' book, you know, is saying, oh, you know what, they're hybridizing with us. I'm like, yeah, they are. I've got the same types of cases. Uh, But beyond that, people are given messages, and they fall into three main categories, one being alternative energy. People are shown the engine room and told how these things work, and they say, why are you using fossil fuels? Here's how we do it. And it almost always has to do with electromagnetics. So that's pretty common. Another very common message is warnings of future disasters, usually environmental, or nuclear, or some something like that. Warnings of violence, warnings against pollution, things like this. Very, very
2: common. It's their number one message. Well, it, it seems that common. we seems that we haven't listened very well because that's what we're seeing a lot of these days. So stand by, my good friend. You and I have to take our final break. Preston Dennett is our guest this hour. XO Nation talking to Preston about his new book entitled Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. His website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com, and his book is available online and offline. We'll be back as we wrap up this hour here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.
0: Simultv offers what the others only wish they could provide. Fifteen exclusive channels like Exxon, Sci-Fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. Five hundred built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simo TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simo TV today. Sign up at SimulTV.com. Do it today.
2: The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought, reform, and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Exposé Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades, there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com.
1: The concept of a New Age has been around since the late 19th century, yet much of its original meaning has been lost. What exactly is the New Age? Is it a religion, a collection of obscure esoteric practices, a series of doomsday predictions, or an astrological event? The New Age Chronicles is a unique, complementary publication, bringing reason and grounded information to separate fact from fiction chocked full of valuable information to support you as we make the monumental shift into the new era. You won't want to miss a single innovative issue. The New Age Chronicles newspaper is coming soon to www.newagechronicles.com.
2: Welcome back everyone. This is the x I'm Rob McConnell. Preston Dennett is our special guest. We're talking to Preston this hour about his newest book, Under UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. It's available at all bookstores online and brick and mortar, and his website is www. You ready? PrestonDennett.weebly.com Hey, first of all, Preston, thanks so much for coming back on the show, and congratulations on yet another great book. And uh, knowing you, you've already got started another one, right? <laughs> you know it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's get back to this, because um, this, this has got me scratching my head and saying, why aren't more people talking about this? What, what are we missing here? We're missing uh, researchers to help Preston find out what the hell this is, gang. Go to his website. Contact him. If you've had a sighting of a USO anywhere in the world, go to his website, and I'll give it to you again at www.prestondennett.weebly.com. Send him an email. Tell him about it. The more information that is exchanged on any subject within the paranormal helps the researchers closer to their goal of answering the questions that each and every one of us want answered. But we don't have the, the drive, the enthusiasm that these researchers have. You've been listening to Preston for, what, nearly 45 minutes now. Hear the enthusiasm. Hear how he, how he goes after the research, the credibility, how he vets the information before he publishes. Let's feed him as much information as we can. Go to his website, contact him, send him the information. Tell me, what is the Malibu anomaly?
3: Um, This is another of the data points that made me scratch my head thinking, okay, there's something going on down there. I'm thinking, if there's not a parking lot, there's a base at some point. There's just all these different data points. And there's this Malibu anomaly, which came to light about half, you know, several years ago, six years ago or so. And uh, it's this weird sort of artifact underwater mm-hmm. off the coast of Malibu I'm real deep there it's got a real flat top it's got what look like pillars or columns and what appears to be a tunnel this is on a Google Earth it was first noticed by Robert Stanley one of the early researchers by the way all the researchers in this area know about this uh, hotspot I the would coast imagine yeah and yeah. Ruffell Bill Hamilton Yvonne Smith Barbara Lamb they all have cases and here's this Malibu anomaly appearing right in, right, I charted all the sightings on a map physically. Right. Including the UFO sightings over the water and the actual USO sightings. I've got about 150 of those combined hmm. right in this one area. And they're clustering right there in Malibu at the thickest, right over this anomaly. So that, when I see that, I'm like, huh, that's strange. So instantly, of course, there's a lot... Study going to this anomaly, uh, you know, it went viral at some point because you can use Google applications and see what appears to be this tunnel very clearly. Really, yeah. and and but here's the thing: some of these other images of this area don't show the tunnel. It looks like a landslide. Oh, and skeptics say it's just it's called Sycamore Knoll, and it's a thrust fault, an earthquake fault. I see. And and yeah, I have to say, you know, they've there's I'm on the fence about it because mm. some of these columns don't look artificially constructed. They're kind of random and different thickness. Yes, it's got a flat top, but eh, some other areas around there do. It's the tunnel that really intrigues me because some of these images do show a tunnel, some don't. And I don't know how you can be objective and just choose one over the other.
2: How deep is the water there?
3: Uh, I'd have to look that exact depth up, but it's like 1,000, 2,000 feet. No, Pretty so, deep.
2: Yeah, so it's not dredging.
3: Um, no, yeah. no, this is, and I found out recently, this is not in the book, mm-hmm. but a, a Native American elder, a Chumash elder, Well the Chumash are the Indians who lived here for hundreds, thousands of years, a long, wow. long time, uh, not hundreds of thousands, but, you know, thousands of years.
2: Okay. Uh, I was and, going to, uh, I was going to let that slip by. <laughs>
3: um, but a long time, right? Yeah. And uh, they apparently... Know about this anomaly? Hmm. One of the witnesses I interviewed yeah. talked to this Native American elder, and the subject came up. And he, the Native American elder said, "Oh yeah, we know about this anomaly. In fact, the ocean level back, you know, a long, long time ago, must be much lower, and we could fish off this thing." And he said, "It wasn't natural; it was built, and whoever built it, it was long before they were around. You know, the Native Americans, yeah. thousands of years ago." So, yeah, I'm kind of on the fence about it. I've gotten a couple of whistleblowers who've contacted me and said, you know, there's a tunnel in this area. And I'm like, no, really? And they're like, yeah, there's a tunnel that leads from Edwards Air Force Base, actually, um, which connects to Area 51 in Nevada right. and all the way out to this area. I'm like, no, I didn't know hmm. that. And after, like, the fourth person t- tells me this, I'm beginning to wonder. And then this anomaly comes out, seeming to verify what I've already been told. So again, I'm like, okay, you know, let, there's another data point. This is let, really building to a compelling case.
2: Let me ask you about the uh, the the tunnel. How wide would you say it is?
3: I mean, the images show that it's massive. Really, eh? From My understanding that two submarines can easily go, you know, abreast hmm. right through it, side by
2: side. Yeah. No, why I was asking, Preston, was because I know that there are deep cable layers, and what they have is they have a plow that opens up the seabed. The cable goes in, and then it closes it up, so I was just wondering if this could have been an anomaly caused by a, by a deep uh, cable layer, but if it's the width of two submarines, no way in heck.
3: Right, and if it truly does connect to Area 51, well, maybe that's where these, all these objects are coming yeah. from.
2: Well, you know, I, I had uh, Stephen Kelly on the show a number of months ago. And he was telling me that beneath the Getty, the Getty's, uh, the, uh, the John, uh, the Getty, the Getty's uh, museum is actually right. a UFO base, an underground city where the extraterrestrials working with the government, they're allowed to a lot of these missing people are actually have been brought into this underground city and used as food supplements for the E.T.'s. Have you ever heard that story before?
3: No, can't say that I have. Oh. The cannibalistic ETs—I don't have any personal yeah. accounts of that at all. Uh, I, so I don't know, but certainly there's a lot of speculation about bases all, yeah. all over this area.
2: But wouldn't it make sense to have underground military bases? Because if you want to if you want to hide something from overhead satellites, it, it just makes sense. If it's in a matter of national security. Where do we draw the line when it comes to what we should know, what we need to know, and what we don't need to know?
3: Yeah, it's a difficult call for yeah. sure. I'm personally for openness and transparency, and if we have a real problem dealing with you know visitors from another planet, mm-hmm. well, let's involve everybody. Let's exactly. Everyone's minds working on this. Yeah. Let's work together. I mean, that would be the best and quickest way to solve any problem.
2: Listen, speaking about uh, visitors from outer space, what was your what was your reaction to President Trump's uh, Space Force? Why do we need a Space Force if there's nothing out there?
3: <laughs> Good point. Um, you know, this is something that's been predicted within yeah. the UFO community, certainly. Um, so it didn't take me entirely by surprise, really, at all. Uh, it concerns me because mm-hmm. I, I don't think violence is going to solve the problem these guys, if they want, exactly, to take over.
2: You know, if they, right? can, if they can cross space, you know, I'm sure of whatever weapon technology we have that we know about would be of any resistance to them.
3: I'm guessing they're in very large numbers, too. Yeah. We may have some of their technology, but do we have enough and is it wise to, you know, take a hostile stance? Exactly. I understand the military's concern. From a military standpoint, these guys are coming in and we can't stop them and they're doing what they want. And we're like, oh, you know, I mean, that's
2: not right. Or, or, or is it possible that what the president has done has opened up the Space Force to take away from the Air Force the monitoring of, of space over the United States and the countries that fall under the umbrella of the U.S. protection, including Canada, against terrestrial attack using space as a, as a platform?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, this was inevitable. Yeah. We're moving out into space. We're, yes. I mean, we're supposed to go to Mars. Uh, we're, if there are artifacts on the moon, and I think that's what the evidence is showing us, well, that's not going to be covered up much longer. No nope. It couldn't be. If, so th- there's going to be a real busting open of information here at some point.
2: These are exciting times, my friend.
3: Yeah, they really are. You know, we need more UFO researchers. You know, I hope to be out of a job and not have to study this and do something else.
2: Oh, what else would you like to do? Come on.
3: (laughs) Well, there's nothing quite as exciting as this, I'll tell you that.
2: I know, and, uh, you know, I I sit on the fence most of the time. Uh, You know that, as well as all the listeners who have listened to me for the past 28 years. But when you come across information that is laid out in a methodical order, well researched, like your your information is, and well presented, like your books are. You have to say, hmm. And that's what I do with your your information because it's, you know, you're you're the my go-to guy when it comes to UFOs. And uh, listen, the time has come when you and I must say so long. First of all, thanks so much for coming on the show. Always a pleasure talking to you. If you need to get on the show to share any information, get a hold of Stephanie. She'll get you on as all soon right. as we can. And continued success. Continued success.
3: Hey, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on the show. It's always a blast, and uh, definitely going to keep plugging away.
2: And if I come across anything, I'll uh, email you that I think might be of interest to you. Is that a deal?
3: Hey, absolutely. All right. I can't wait to hear what the listeners send me, because I always get something when I go on your show.
2: Well, that's good. Preston, take care of yourself. Have a great summer, and I look forward to the next time you and I meet here in the EXO. Yep, me too. You got it. Thanks. Take care, bud. All right, Exo Nation, that was uh, Preston Dennett and his new book. My gosh, this guy's a great writer. His new book is entitled Undersea UFO Base, an in-depth investigation of USOs in the Santa Catalina Channel. His website is www.prestondennett.weebly.com, and his books are available at all fine bookstores online and off. We'll be back. Don't go away.